Hi, this is Lauren of Being Well with Lauren and today I talk about the worst Mother's Day I have ever had. So I've got a black coffee today. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast, which comes out weekly now, consistently. Thank you for supporting me. Please support me on Patreon or through PayPal or through my website Being Well with Lauren or by purchasing my book Daily Rituals for Happiness available on Amazon or perhaps buying one of my meditations through Selfie S-E-L-L-F-Y Selfie and my name Lauren Ostrowski Fenton go and get yourself a hot cuppa and I look forward to speaking with you Hey there, today I'm going to chat to you about the worst Mother's Day I have ever had. That sounds dramatic, doesn't it? The worst Mother's Day I have ever had. As I grow as a person, I hope I grow as a person, I think I do, as I grow as a person, I attempt to steer away from catastrophic language because I think that it, well, it certainly affects the way we think and it limits our ability to feel happy and it reduces our ability to resolve an issue. I have a, a black coffee with me today. I'm in the black coffee type of mood. Catastrophic language is when we use strong language which takes away from the facts and evidence of a situation and adds to the drama and the hysteria of a situation. So for example catastrophic language would be saying that was the worst relationship of my life. He treated me so badly. I'm never going to get over it. That was the worst music I ever heard. Or, I feel hopeless. I feel completely, utterly hopeless. That would be catastrophic. Whereas, more rational language would be to say, listen to my talk. More rational language would be to say, that relationship did not go as I planned or as I would have liked. I'm going to choose to grieve that relationship for a period of time and take responsibility for the grief I feel and allow the grief to process. However, through that process, I will continue to demonstrate resilience each day and learn what responsibility I hold in the situation as it was. So. See the two different ways from catastrophic to rational. And my title for this podcast episode is Catastrophic, the worst Mother's Day I've ever had. But I choose to use that title today. I've taken notes today in order to direct what I say and, and be clear. I normally don't keep notes. I like to just swing off the cuff and and not plan what I say but today I have put some 
effort into the planning because I have this belief that I have two beliefs. One of them is that we need to appreciate how lucky, lucky we are. We need to appreciate how lucky we are. And I say to a friend of mine, at least we're not in Syria, trying to ground up or the effort or the what I'm trying to attempt there is to realise that it's not that bad and that other people have it worse. So by saying that, no disrespect meant at all because people all over the world suffer terrible atrocities. It's important to ground ourselves and realise how lucky we are, number one. Then I have my other belief, and my other belief is that we have a right to feel what we feel. And by denying that, we are not doing ourselves any favours. You know that I'm not a proponent or believer in the law of attraction. I do believe when we're positive, we draw positive. I also believe that sometimes uh, there's a beep here, beep, broccoli happens. Sometimes broccoli just happens. And all the good intention in the world and broccoli still happens. So what do we do about that? The other issue with law of attraction is what do we say to the poor, sick and starving that they brought it upon themselves by not being positive? No. Some people just don't have a great life because they've fallen off the bandwagon of what life has to offer. They may have been born in Calcutta or a particular area where there just is no food. And what right do we have to say under the philosophy of the law of attraction, well, that poor family in Calcutta that's dying of starvation, they should just read the secret and be positive. That's just a load of rotten wal walnuts. That's just ridiculous. I don't like the law of attraction because it allows us to deny that we hold some responsibility for people suffering terrorism, poverty, war, trauma. We all hold some responsibility to look after others. But I'm coming off the point of what I was trying to say. I named the podcast episode today the worst Mother's Day I ever had. I spoke to you about the two approaches. One is that we need to appreciate what we have. When we live in Western civilization, we're really lucky in some ways. On the other side of the coin, we have a right to feel what we feel. And it is not a healthy experience denying ourselves the process of pain, the normal, gradual steps to work through normal pain. On the weekend, I received a number of texts from a male friend I have, and we were just touching base on the weekend, as I do with some of my friends. You know, they say, Happy Mother's Day. How's your day? All that. And he sent me a, he has uh, shared access with his ex-partner over a child. 
So being Mother's Day yesterday and essentially Mother's Day weekend, he did not see his child. So he sent me an upbeat text saying, I'm so glad that the child, the child in question, had an awesome weekend. I'm changing some of the words slightly here. Had an awesome weekend. Uh, now his text implied that it had, had it been hard for him. And his text implied that it wasn't the most awesome weekend for him. But the way he communicated focused on the pleasure and satisfaction of the child. And as parents, we do that. We, it is important that we focus upon the happiness and satisfaction of our children. That is the idea. Just put my coffee down for a moment and think when I'm phrasing this. I believe it's important that we do not deny ourselves our humanity. Just because people have other lives separate to ourselves does not take away our right to feel what we feel. I'm not saying that we sink into the depths of depression or languish in our self-pity, but allow ourselves to walk through the process of grief, sadness or loneliness. Just because one person has been lonely in a particular way doesn't negate from another person's journey or path through loneliness. We each have a right to feel what we feel. It doesn't mean that we go and drown ourselves in the particular emotion, but we have the right to feel it. I feel that this particular father has a right to feel a little bit sad when he misses moments in his child's life. We are complex enough as human beings that we can do two things at once. We can feel happy for our children and we can mourn for ourselves. I think that sometimes in Western life, we try to simplify things so much because we like answers. We like a McDonald's convenience type approach. We like a manual that we can follow that gives us to A, to B, to C, to D, and we like to follow the manual. We don't like thinking that life is actually complex. But it is. There may be a manual. There may be an approach that is generally more effective than other approaches. But life is always complex. We are complex souls and complex human beings. If we attempt to simplify our soul, we miss so many beautiful colours that exist within us. You know I love the video, the TED Talks video, Single Story. It's one of my most favourite TED Talks, so just look up Single Story and TED Talks. I just adore it. We are like prisms of light. We give out so many different colours, like a rainbow. 
The answer to happiness is not to be one colour. The answer to happiness is to accept that we have many colours that shine differently depending on how we hold ourselves up to the light of our life. I thought about his texts and I thought about how he felt. The texts were kind and caring for his child. But where is his scope, his right to feel a little sadness about missing time? It is the right approach to feel happy for the child. But we can do both. We can feel a number of things at once. A relationship may end in our lives. And we may know that it's the right, the right thing that this relationship has ended. We may feel so much sadness and loss, but we may also know deep down, or perhaps extrinsically, that the relationship ending was the right thing. We may have someone close to us die, and we feel such a sense of tragedy or loss, and it's horrific, awful, sad, or maybe, it may be so many things, but it also may be opportunity. And in order for us to live in life, to explore life, to be in life, we need to see the different colours so that we can mourn, loss, heal and grow. There is always many colours, always, and that is okay. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to discuss with you my Mother's Day. I have a fairly good life. I live in a, a house that I love, and as you know, it has a tiny glimpse of the sea. I can see the lights of the city at night, which are quite beautiful, and it's up on a hill. I have a bay window, and I have a, an old chair now, which I sit on. I'm sitting on right now to speak to you. I love the house I live in, but the area I live in has a very high crime rate. It's a good hour away from straightforward employment. It's a good hour away from my family and my friends. In a beautiful house, with a bay window, with a glimpse of the sea. I love my glimpse of the sea. Sometimes, not often, at night when the pub closes, people walk outside our house. There has been a couple of times where they've thrown things at the house. One person threw a push bike at our house. We have a big Great Dane, so the person heard the, the, my dog barking and kept going. What I'm trying to do here is give you the colour of my life. My house is quite lovely, but the area I live in has strong limitations. There are beautiful people living around where I live, but they're not people I've grown up with. It's not my first choice to live here, but I do live here. And as hard as I may try, I may have to keep living here. So I'm giving you the complexity of my story. Sometimes we feel that we just have to say it's all great. So I could tell you, this is fantastic. I love living here. Everything's awesome. And there would be a pressure point, like when you tried to hold when you try and hold in steam 
It needs an outlet. The outlet does not have to be self-pity. The outlet could be acceptance, development, conflict resolution. So I'm leading you here to my Mother's Day. I'm going to talk to you about what it's like for me to be a mum. I do this occasionally and I get these letters from you and the letters say, oh, you do so well, Lauren, you're this amazing mum and you balance all these tasks and you do so well. And I know on YouTube and in podcasts, people sometimes present themselves as ever coping. I don't agree with that. I, I think that we need to reflect several colours of ourselves. I mean, there's, there's a time and place. We don't go and tell everyone our problems. We don't wear our heart on our sleeve necessarily. But we don't want that steam, that emotional steam building up until we bust a boiler for want of a better word. We need to sit in the existence as it is. So my life is better than so many, but my Mother's Day was the worst I've ever had. That doesn't mean that I didn't have happy moments. It just meant that it was not a consistently wonderful experience. And I'm gonna share with you different stuff that occurred leading up to Mother's Day. Mother's Day was Sunday. For about four weeks, I have been really tired. My girls are in a production that starts, I think, at the end of this week. And I've had to drive them everywhere for that. My daughter's been in debating. So per day, I would drive children around, I would guess, around six times. I don't think there is a day off from that. So let's say six drives a day minimum. I get really tired at times and I eat well, I meditate, I... Okay, I, I had to stop the recording then because I had a phone call regarding basketball and I wanted to, to have that chat. So now I have no idea what I was saying. Do you ever do that as a parent? You're on the phone talking to a friend and then something happens in your background and you've got to do two things at once. My brain's not very good at that. I'm, I like to focus on one thing at a time and parenting really doesn't allow that. Parenting is like fighting eight fires at once and deciding, oh quick, I'll do a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here. <sighs> yes. Okay. Worst Mother's Day of my life. I led into, or the lead time into my Mother's Day, I was really tired, driving everywhere. And I have almost no help with driving. I live quite a distance away from my family. I have some friends around here, lovely, lovely, lovely friends, but they've got their own families and large families and commitments. So how do I explain this so it makes sense? There's these two sides of me. One side says, Lauren, you have no right, no right to complain about your Mother's Day. How selfish of you. You should be focusing on the bright side. You should be grateful. And then it legitimately was a really hard Mother's Day. I was in tears. I, Saturday night, I was exhausted, absolutely exhausted. And I said to my children, all I want all I want is to be able to relax and for you to clean up after yourselves. 
You can hear it coming, can't you? You know what I'm going to say. All I want is for you not to fight with each other, to be loving, to clean up after yourself, and to let me relax. What I asked for was a miracle. Because parenting, parenting is generally not an environment of children and parents relaxing, of children resolving their own issues, of children cleaning up after themselves. The fact that children don't physically clean up after themselves is indicative of their emotional mindset, that they're learning to emotionally clean up after themselves as well. And let's face it, as adults, we don't really know how to clean up after ourselves too well, do we? We all struggle. I know myself every day. It's like being born again and learning how to cope with life and what life throws at me. When I walk around my house, I just pick up and pick up and pick up dirty socks, pieces of paper, books, dirty laundry that's left at the laundry door instead of going inside the laundry, inside the laundry basket. Sounds so simple, doesn't it? In the toilet, I've actually had meetings over the way we manage our toilet. And the number of meetings I have, I just think, oh my goodness, I am meeting mad. I have so many meetings with my children deciding how we will manage our sense of team in our family, how we will achieve tasks and get stuff done. I say to my children, I walk them in and say, look at the toilet roll holder. Pick up the toilet roll. Put it on the toilet roll holder. Wait, but wait, there is more. Take off the old toilet roll before you put the new one on. You know that piece of cardboard. For some reason, I don't understand why, one of my children or several of my children, when they've finished the toilet roll, so it's just the cardboard bit left, one, they may drop it on the floor. The other is that they leave the cardboard on and put the new toilet roll on top of it so it's kind of precariously balancing on the end of the toilet roll holder. Now, what is that? That's just, I have clients in my house, so I, I need to try and keep my house in a state that's not too much of a distance to being ready for clients. And I walk in and somehow there's pieces of toilet paper, clean toilet paper, all over the floor. I don't get why when we use a toilet that there needs to be offcuts of unused toilet paper on the floor. There are toilet rolls uh, on the floor and usually one on the holder with a new roll on top of it. I don't get that. I don't get why not finish what you're doing. But that's children. And I repeat myself and repeat myself and repeat myself. And sometimes I feel so not heard. And I have these ideas to help my children. So I'll have these projects and these lists. Okay, I just had another call about basketball and had a lovely conversation with a mother. So again, my head has gone out the window. We were talking about lists and how I 
write plans and have projects and reward systems and rules and the children keep journals and one has a kindness journal that I don't follow up with her well enough and it's like it's like my role if I use the metaphor my role as a parent is to carry water uphill and fill a well at the top of a tall hill and all I've got is buckets with holes. It's like an impossible task, one that I want to do well, yet I'm so time poor, financially constrained, and there's only one of me. It's not just about the toilet rolls. It's about following instructions, being incredibly tired, and on the Sunday, I thought, what can I do that really brings us together as a, as a team? That's fun. I actually wanted to go off by myself on Mother's Day. I wanted to go away from my children and go and have, uh, go to the hot springs, which I love. And I thought, I'll do this. And then I thought, what are you doing? It's Mother's Day. You need to be with your children and celebrate with your children. So I thought, we'll all go down to the local cafe. It's a really lovely cafe and we'll have a piece of cake each. So I said to the children, let's rally together and we'll go down and, and I have my favourite cake. And I'm really structured with my eating. So I decided, caution to the wind, I'm going to have my favourite cakes. And I said to each child, you can all have one thing. All have one thing. Now, by the time we decided to go to this late lunch and have a cake each. I was already exhausted. There were already so many dynamics where the children had been cross with each other, hadn't been giving, hadn't been accepting, hadn't taken responsibility for whatever dynamics. And there'd been so many over days and days and days that I was exhausted. But I thought, no, I will soldier on. I will get up and we will have the cake event. So I get there and I say, everyone can pick one thing in each and my son said oh I've just eaten and I didn't realize he'd eaten something before we left and I said well what would you like would you like a milkshake or a piece of cake and he said I'll have a milkshake and everyone had something and I decided I was going to have several pieces of cake for myself three for myself because I'm a piggy and wanted to do something for myself on Mother's Day uh, instead of the hot springs which was my preference, but I kind of thought that was really not appropriate to want to be away from your children on Mother's Day. So we bring out the cakes and they're just scrummy, just delicious. And we didn't, I didn't finish the cakes. So I thought we'd put this away and I have it when I'm getting home. When I, I'm home, I'll have the rest of these cakes. And on the way home, I asked my daughter, because I was carrying different things, I asked my daughter to hold the cake box with my precious cakes that I almost never have. There's something spe special for me instead of the day, the hot springs. My daughter doesn't listen to the task, hold the cakes. She hands the cakes to my son who had the milkshake. These beautiful handmade cakes with little, I uh, had a little uh, chocolate flour on top and cream and they're really massive and amazing. And they've been packed up nicely for me to have with my cup of tea before I went to bed. And it's all loud in the car. 
it's too loud for me and I was tired. And I'm asking children to please, please be quiet. Please don't fight. Please listen to each other. Please don't swear. Please listen to your words. Please love each other. Love each other. Please don't talk to your sister like that. Please listen to your brother. Please don't raise your voice. Let's have a good time. It's Mother's Day. Let's enjoy this. And then I say, how are my cakes? Are you holding them carefully? And Sage says, no, Max is holding them. And I said, why do you let Max hold them? He won't be careful. And I turn around at the lights and I see that with his nail, he's picked off all the top of both cakes with his nails, which can I say, I don't know how clean they were. So I'd particularly loved the way these cakes had been put together. And for weeks I'd walked past this cake shop and looked at these two cakes and thought, when I have a day off, I'm going to eat these cakes. I felt that I wasn't listened to. I felt children weren't completing their tasks. I felt that I was really, really tired of the children putting a toilet roll on top of a used toilet roll on the toilet roll holder. I was tired of my children saying they'd clean their rooms when they hadn't cleaned their rooms. I was tired of them saying they'd wash their dish when they hadn't washed their dish. I kind of wanted to go to the hot springs and not be with my children, but I just thought, no, I'll be this great mum. I have my cake instead and eat it too. <laughs> so I stopped the car and I took the two cakes that my son had picked all the handmade icing and the little uh, decorations off. He'd picked them up like he'd scratched them off both of them. And I pulled over the side of the road, wound down the window, window and threw them out the window. I know that sounds extreme, doesn't it? It kind of reflected how I feel about parenting at times. I just want to throw parenting out the window because it's exhausting and at times you feel only as good as your last <laughs> mistake. You can do all these wonderful things and then you just think, oh my goodness. It's interesting because I want to contrast that story with another story. During the week I was at the shops and I was under the pump with time, I was driving kids from place to place and there was an elderly couple walking in front of me and I was late. I needed to get past the elderly couple because I was already late to pick up the kids at school, a couple of minutes when I like to be on time. And they're walking slowly, they're kind of, it was almost like a slow motion wedding uh, step, you know, as people walk up to the aisle. And I'm thinking, how can I get around them without being rude? And I felt a little bit of irritation. I'm talking to myself saying, don't be irritated. Just go with this. And then this elderly couple turn to each other for a moment. They look into each other's eyes. They pause. And they reach out without even saying a thing. And hold hands and keep walking. And I stopped. And I looked at it. And I thought, that's life. That's real life. The engagement the being in the moment, the love, that's real life. And somehow, somehow I need to achieve that in the mayhem that is. Somehow I need to find the balance. 
I know my story of my Mother's Day isn't really horrific. It's more symbolic of a tired mother trying to achieve a number of things with four children, four young children. And I know that so many of you have really sincerely challenging stories, but my story is still my story. I have a right to feel tired at certain times. I have a right to want to have my cakes with the icing still on them without having the there's someone outside without having the icing picked off <laughs> by a child but then I need to move on I need to just move on I need to remember the couple that walked slowly reached out and held each other's hand I watched the movie last night into the wild and I really enjoyed it. It gave me pause for thought. There's a part in the movie where the words are written something like happiness is about the sharing of experience rather than just the experience. I won't say any more because I think you should watch the movie Into the Wild directed by Sean Penn and I thought about it. So much of life is about engagement and it's important that we don't lose ourselves in the need to adhere to rules. At the same time, setting up rules helps us maximise our chance of success. So we walk that precarious balance that children don't follow rules. We plan and then adjust the plan and we plan and we readjust and review the plan. And sometimes we fall into a froggy position on the ground and have a good cry, like I did, around Mother's Day, when the icing was picked off the cakes. I'm, I'm speaking to you and I think I sound so ridiculous. Why on earth did I worry about those cakes? I guess I'd put aside so much that I wanted that it just became the final straw, having the icing picked off. But now I need to review and move forward at the end of the day, when the kids were getting ready for bed, I cleaned up and I vacuumed the floors and I scrubbed some of the carpet and I cleaned the bathroom and I felt a real sense of accomplishment about the cleaning. I listened to a story my daughter told me, an interesting story, and I felt okay. I felt battle-weary, but okay. I think it's so important that we reach out to each other, we engage with each other, we give each other the right to feel the multitude, the spectrum of colour that we feel, to feel all the colours, but be able to look down and say, Okay, I just stopped the recording today for the, I don't know, fourth time because my daughter rang me from school about arrangements. I hope this podcast episode has made sense. But this podcast episode is so much about real life and the stops and starts and the balancing and the fighting of fires and the tears and the, the froggies on the floor and the, the dissolving into a fetal position and then getting back up. You have a right to all your feelings. You have a right to your story. But then we also need to listen and notice other people's stories. Yesterday when I was struggling, I rang a friend, a lovely friend, and that friend said, other people have it worse. I needed someone to say, I'm sorry you've had a hard day. I 
love my friends. I really didn't need to be told that other people had it hard yesterday. I just wanted someone to know that sometimes I have it hard. And I think it's really important that we listen to other people's journey and say, how are you? How do you feel? Are you okay? And I'm sorry that you've experienced that. I don't know how you feel, but I'm still sorry. Don't tell people how they feel because we don't know. Thank you so much for listening to this this funny, funny episode today. Thank you for following my podcast. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel, Lauren Ostrowski Fenton, because when you do so, you help me. Every subscriber helps me. Please subscribe to my mailing list, which is below, and you can support me on PayPal or Patreon or at my website, Being Well With Lauren. I am very grateful if you do so and it helps my family and allows me to continue doing what I'm doing. Thank you, my friend. I hope you're okay wherever you are. And if someone picks the icing off your cake, I wish you the resilience to get back up and soldier on. But I'm also, I also feel for you. <laughs> Take care, be well. Speak to you next week. I'm now producing one episode religiously per week.